premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey folks, this is Joe Ruciello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And folks, you know, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Sermon Sunday on the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Well, folks, I hope that you had a blessed day in the Lord. I sure did. I hope you made it to church this morning. I did. What a great service we had today. Our pastor was on point today with his message and his study of the Word of God today. And I hope that your preacher was on fire for the Lord today as well. And when you left church today, I hope that you left with a fresh burden for souls and a renewed love for the Word of God. Well, folks, it is Sunday. And um I'll tell you, uh, Thursday night we had a, a, a good service with uh, a good study in our introduction to the book of Revelation, and uh, we'll be getting into Revelation chapter 1, Lord willing, this coming Thursday. Uh, but uh, today, uh, I just can't believe that uh, it just flew by so fast. Thursday to today just went by like a blink. And uh, today, we're going to be getting into uh, a, a great great passage of Scripture uh, from Luke chapter 15. Today we're going to be examining the, uh, the parable of the prodigal son, and uh, we call our message today the prodigal returns. And uh, it's really, it's a fabulous and incredible story uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ told, and uh, it's so applicable, and there's so much in there. You could see, I mean, there have been sermons preached on this for centuries, and uh, you could never fully exhaust it. It's, it's an amazing parable, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting into our, uh, our lesson for today. But before we get into that message, I'm going to ask you to head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and when you get over there, why don't you head over to our contact section and send us off a message. You could uh, just let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, don't forget to include your prayer requests. I want to say thank you to everyone who has emailed uh, uh, about the lesson on, on Thursday evening and about the, uh, the, the lesson from, uh, from the previous Sunday. And uh, thank you also for uh, your prayer requests. Thank you very much. We do have them on the list for today. Uh, so, folks, if you don't like to use the web form, that's fine. You can always email me by uh, typing in info at com. 
info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and I will get that same message. Now, folks, also, while you're on the website, if you would, please look for that Support This Podcast button. And uh, when you find it, if you would, consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution. You can set that up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Uh, and I know that the economy's tight. It's hard for everybody maybe to uh, uh, do a monthly recurring contribution, and that's okay. We understand that. We also have it set up where you can do a one-time contribution uh, if the Lord leads you to do it that way. Uh, and you can do that by clicking on the Waygiver button, which is a Christian crowdfunding uh, site that we use. Or you could also use the QR code that we have on the website for our show's Cash App account. Uh, no matter how you do it, folks, I'd like you to pray about it first. And if the Lord leads you to do it, if these podcasts, if these live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, and if you'd like to be an active part of the ministry, your contribution will go a very long way, and I would be so very thankful for it. Now, first of all, folks, before we get into anything else with the, uh, the, the show today, uh, I want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, first of all, for saving me. Uh, that is the single most important decision I made or anyone can possibly make in their entire life, and that's because it has the eternal consequences, the eternal consequences. Because if you don't get saved, if you don't put your full faith trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood on the cross of Calvary, uh, when you close your eyes here for the last time, you will open them up in hell, the worst place imaginable. And I would encourage you, uh, if you want to know more about that, uh, there are two messages that we have, one called the reality of hell, and then another one called the agony of a lost soul. And I would encourage you to go check out those two episodes if you want more information on that worst place imaginable. Uh, but if you do put your full faith, trust, and confidence in that shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, well... When you close your eyes here, you'll open your eyes in glory, in the, in the most amazing, the most beautiful, the most inconceivable place imaginable, and that is heaven. And uh, I hope and I trust that the majority of you, if, I would love it if every one of you, under the sound of my voice today, were saved and on your way to heaven. Uh, but if you're not, you can take care of that today. Very easy. All you need to do is realize that Nothing that you can do, no good work you do, no sacrament, uh, going to church does not save you, getting baptized does not save you, um, giving your money to charities and giving your money to the church does not save you, uh, taking a cookie does not save you, uh, none of that, no good work that you do will get you into heaven, nothing. The Bible says that all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. There's nothing you can do. The Bible says there is none that is righteous, no, not one. None of us. There's nothing that you and I can do. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done. It's not. It's nothing. The only thing that will get you into heaven is putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So why don't you do that today? Why don't you do that? There's nothing more important than that decision. And all you have to do is just ask the Lord to save you, like I did. 
23 years ago in the middle of a pier in lower Manhattan. I got on my knees and I asked the Lord Jesus Christ to wash me clean in his perfect sinless blood. And he did. And from that moment on, I haven't looked back. Well, yeah, I've had my moments where I failed him. I've had my moments where I've, uh, I've made the wrong decisions and I didn't consult the Lord first before I did certain things. And uh, yeah, yeah, I let him down many, many, many times. But we have a loving, merciful, and forgiving God. And I know that when I turn to him and I confess my sins to him, not to a priest, not to a pastor or a preacher, but to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So why don't you do that today? Just right where you're sitting right now, just close your eyes and say, Lord, please forgive me for my sins. Please wash me clean with your precious blood. Please forgive me and allow me to have a place in heaven. Lord Jesus, please save me today. And I'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, that's all you have to do. That's all there is to it. It's not difficult. It's not complicated. You know, one of the, one of the greatest torments, I think, of any soul that's going to end up in hell is when they realize that it was so simple. It was so simple. And it's a decision you'll never regret. So thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for saving me. I also want to say thank you to the Lord for giving me this opportunity, to giving me this ministry to allow me to do this every week, twice a week. What a blessing it is for me. What a blessing and a privilege it is for me, I should say. And I hope and I pray that it's a blessing for you as well, and I hope that uh, you've learned some stuff as we've gone through these studies. And uh, so, again, thank you to the Lord for that as well. I also want to say thank you to all of our current supporters, those of you who support us prayerfully. God bless you for your prayers. Thank you so very, very much for them. Uh, I do get them. I do read them. And I do thank the Lord every time I get them. Thank you so very much for praying for me, for my family, for the ministry, uh, for the work that we're doing. Thank you so very much. Please continue to pray for us. Uh, We are under consistent and constant spiritual attack, and uh, your prayers really do help. So thank you. Also want to say thank you to those of you who support us financially already. Uh, All of your financial support comes in and goes out. It pays for our feeds. It pays for our platforms. It pays for materials that we get and we send out. Um, And we are currently working on getting those Bibles. We're not far away from it, folks. We just need a couple of more supporters, uh, and we'll be able to do that. And then we'll have Bibles on hand that we're able to send out to anyone who requests one. Uh, whether they can afford it or if it's they just got saved and uh, they're looking for a good Bible, we can give that to them as a gift, especially if they got saved after listening to our program. So uh, thank you so very much for your financial support. God bless you for it. And of course, I want to say thank you to every single one of you, every single one of you who listen faithfully every time we put up a show, every time we're on the air live or we put out a podcast. Thank you so very much for your downloads and your plays. Uh, because of you, we are trending in really good directions on most of the podcasting platforms, uh, particularly my favorite platform, which is Good Pods. Uh, we are number one on four charts, uh, religion and spirituality, Christianity, top 100 shows, and top 100 podcasts. So thank you so very much for that. It's because of your faithfulness 
and your downloads and your plays and your sharing it that um, that you have us there. And that's important. And I've, I've said this time and time again, and I'll continue to say it. It's important because when people are looking for something to listen to, uh, more often than not, if they're, if the podcast platform that they're looking at has charts, you're going to look at the charts. That's what I do. That's what a number of people do, have done that I've spoken to. So uh, the charts are there, and they're, they're great, and thank you so much for keeping us on those charts. Now, folks, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you are looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, why don't you consider paying us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m., and our Wednesday night Bible study is at 7 p.m. For more information, you can always visit the church's Facebook page. All you need to do is log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and then once you're there, you'll get a lot of really good information, and you'll also find episodes of this podcast, of which, of course, we are thankful to uh, our pastor, John Monk, and my friend for uh, allowing us this opportunity to post the show on the church's Facebook page and also to all the folks that manage and run the Facebook page for the church. Thank you for uh, for helping us out and getting us posted. Um, it really is a blessing to be a part of it. You know, I don't have a Facebook, so uh, this has really helped uh, in getting our podcast out there. But folks, wherever it is you find yourself listening, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers and help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, folks, well, now it's about time for our... It's time for our announcements. So um, I know uh, Thursday, when I, I used that for the first time on Thursday, I said that I pretty much was sure I was going to get an email about it uh, before the show even ended, but it didn't happen. So I tried it again. Let's tempt fate, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, so folks, just a couple of announcements. Uh, I want to remind you for our Thursday night Bible study at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time uh, for the live show. Uh, you can find our live show on our um our web player on our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, or you could find it on uh, Spreaker. And if you have a Spreaker account, you could always log into Spreaker and get into our chat group, which is a blessing to have. So uh, check us out. Thursday night, Bible study, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern time for the live show. The podcast version will be uploaded shortly thereafter. All right, and uh, oh, we are studying the book of Revelation. How could I forget that? Uh, we had our introductory class uh, last uh, Thursday evening, and uh, coming up this Thursday, Lord willing, if I can get the study completed in time, uh, we'll be getting into uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 20. So we're trying to get that whole chapter in. And uh, it, I'm telling you, the study is a blessing. It's been a real blessing in preparation for it, so... Uh, I hope you're ready to learn because we got a lot of information coming your way. So Thursday night Bible study, 7 p.m., live here on Spreaker or on our website, com. So, interested in prepping? Well, the Contra Radio Network is a single podcast housing nearly a dozen talented podcasts and vidcast hosts 
and artists from around the country who release content daily. The Contra Radio Network podcast releases 15 to 20 shows a week depending on current events and has several thousand downloads a month and hundreds of thousands of downloads since coming on the air in 2014. No issues are off limits to any of these patriots. You want to break down to current events? Got it. Want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency? Got it. Want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic? Got that too. Want to hear about politics, Bible studies, sports, camping, firearms, and more? The Contra Radio Network has it all covered in spades. And you can find it at www.crn.best. That's www.crn.best. And we are very thankful to the folks at the Contra Radio Network for allowing us uh, the opportunity to have our shows aired on their network. And it's been a real blessing for us. So thank you so very, very much for that. Folks, don't forget to sign up for the programming announcements uh, that we send out. Uh, we have a subscription box on our website, sortofthespiritpodcast.com. All you need to do is just fill that out. You'll get on our mailing list. And uh, anytime we have any kind of change in the program, whether it's a time or we have a guest or or uh, just uh, some kind of an update related to the show, we're going to send out that information uh, via that email. And uh, we don't sell your information. We just keep it here in-house, and you'll only get messages related to programming. We're not going to spam you. We're not going to send you all kinds of um, advertisements and you know incentives for you to buy stuff from us. We're not going to do that. All right? Uh, but I will tell you, uh, if you're interested in getting one of these really nice Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs that I have right here in my hand that I'm going to take a sip from, as tradition states. Mm. Ooh, nice hot tea today. Um, we are having um, some green tea with honey and lime. Uh, haven't had that in a little bit, so very happy to, to take part of that. Uh, so if you'd like to have your Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mug, uh, you can get that by going to our website. Look for the Sword Swag tab and then click on that info button. Send us your contact information and we will give you the link where you could make your contribution. The mug will set you back for about $25. And also we have these really nice Sword of the Spirit podcast t-shirts in men's and women's style. Uh, and that is a $35 contribution, and you can also find that on the Sword Swag page. All right, uh, one more announcement. Uh, March 4th. March 4th, uh, First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass is having our uh, yard sale. And uh, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you'd like to come out and check it out, it's at 664 North Monroe, and that is March 4th, 2023, at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. All right, folks. Well, uh, we've gotten through the announcements. It's time to take our first break of the uh, afternoon. And when we come back from this break, we'll get into our prayer requests. And uh, we do have a few additions and some good announcements that we'd like to make on it as well. And um, so this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers and help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you can give us a five-star rating on any one of those platforms, like GoodPod, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, please, please do so. That helps our algorithms. That keeps us up there in the search results and on all, this, all the major search engines. So uh, with that said, we'll be back right after this. Don't go away. 
As the sun rose that morning on the day of Job's trial, he rose up to serve God as any other day. Bound and determined to live in God's favor, and nothing would stand in his way. Then the messengers came one by one with their stories in just a few moments. Job lost all he had. Great wealth and riches and the health of his body, and even his children were dead. The Lord giveth, he taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I served him before, and I'll serve him today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job's wife came before him to voice her opinions. She said, you should end it. Just curse God and die. Job rose from the ashes and looked toward the heavens. He brushed back the tears in his eyes. He said, the Lord giveth, he taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I served him before and I'll serve him today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When troubles come silently, blessed be the name. When storm winds blow violently, blessed be the name. When Satan comes oppressing me, blessed be the name. I'll still serve God faithfully, blessed be the name. The Lord giveth, he taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. I served him before and I'll serve him today. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord, the Lord. Amen, amen, and amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Folks, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and we're going to be getting into our prayer requests in just a moment. I uh, just wanted to make one brief uh, mention of something. Um, uh, the last couple of shows, we've been having a problem uh, with our studio setup, and uh, at some point, at some reason, the mic cuts out. So if the mic drops and we have to restart the show, uh, we're going to restart it from where we left off. Um, so just pay, just just keep that in mind. So if the sound drops off, we're going to restart, and we'll just pick it up as we're going along. All right. Uh, all you have to do is just hit the play button again on the Spreaker app if you're listening on there or on the website. All right. Uh, so, okay. So <clears throat> we're going to pray for uh, a few things today. Uh, first of all, we're going to pray for those folks that are in need of salvation. And as I've said before. Uh, salvation is the single most important decision that you're ever going to make in your entire life. And uh, I do have a, a wonderful announcement that, I, that I'd like to make here before we even get into the prayer request. Speaking of salvation, we can actually remove someone 
from our salvation prayer list. And I think that's a blessing. That's, that's, that's amazing. And I am so happy to do that. So uh, I received word that Furman has uh, accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. So we're so thankful for that. And God bless you, Furman. And uh, thank you, Alex, for letting us know. And uh, I'm just absolutely thrilled to death that Furman has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and confirmed that uh, through his son. So God bless you, and uh, we're going to be praying for you uh, each and every day. And uh, so thank you very much for letting us know. So Furman got saved, and so we can take him off of our prayer list. Amen. Well, for salvation anyway. Amen. All right, so we are going to lift up uh, my mom, Diane, uh, for salvation, my sister, Laura. Uh, we're all still praying for David up in New York City and uh, for the unsaved members of the Baldino family. So our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the gift of salvation. Lord, we rejoice with Furman, and we rejoice with the angels in glory that, uh, that Furman had settled that issue once and for all. We are so thankful, Lord, that you saved him. We're so thankful, Lord, that he accepted that gift. We're thankful for his son, Alex, who had been a faithful witness to him. And we're thankful, Lord, that, uh, that in some way you used our program here to help along the way. So, Father God, we want to thank you so very much, and thank you for all of those who have prayed for Furman along with us. And, uh, Lord, we're just so wonderfully thankful, wonderfully thankful for it, and it's just a wonderful work that you've done. And, Lord, we just want to give you all the praise and the glory for it. So, Lord, we also want to pray for my mom, Diane, uh, for her salvation. Lord, we lift her up to you. We ask you, Father God, that you would draw her to yourself as well. And, Lord, that you would work that wonderful work that you did in Furman in her. Father, we pray for my sister, Laura, as well. We pray for her salvation. Lord, we pray for David up in New York. And, Lord, you know, David, we have witnessed to him many times. And uh, each time we have, he has rejected the gospel. But, Father God, it is so important that we continue to pray for him as well. So, Lord, we just lift him up to you. We ask you, Father, that uh, the seed that has been planted, that you, would, that you would water it and that you would grow it and that you would reap the harvest of it. Father, we pray for the Baldino family, all the unsaved members of the Baldino family. And, uh, Lord, we, just, we trust, Lord, that you would use uh, the saved members of the family uh, to uh, be bold witnesses for them. And we know that you do. We know that they know the truth. We know that they've heard it. And we know that those seeds are planted. So, Father, we just ask you that you would cultivate that, that harvest as well. So, Father, we just thank you so much for the gift of salvation. We just ask you again, Lord, just to answer these prayers uh, according to your will. And we'll thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, uh, moving on down to our sick list. Uh, we have a few additions uh, to the list. Uh, we're going to be praying for uh, Brother Doug Turner, uh, who is currently in the intensive care unit in the hospital. Uh, he is 89 years old, so we want to pray for him and his family. Uh, we're going to pray for Hezekiah. Hezekiah is going for a biopsy. Uh, we're also praying for uh, Brother Robert, who uh, has a pinched nerve. This isn't Brother Robert, uh, the uh, the National Guardsman, this is Brother Robert from church, uh, who has a pinched nerve and uh, is uh, looking at different treatments for it. We're also praying for Mary Perez, who is uh, fighting cancer, my mom with uh, COPD. We're praying for my sister, Laura, uh, with a slipped disc in her back, uh, Sister Bernice, uh, who is still fighting cancer and has started a new round of treatments this past week. We want to pray for her. 
Uh, we're praying for Janae, who has a heart condition. Uh, we're praying for Furman, uh, who is uh, in a nursing facility right now with uh, dealing with cancer. And also, uh, we were informed uh, last night that he had fallen and has a severe cut to his forehead that required some stitches. And uh, he is stable, but he's stitched up, and so we're going to pray for him. Uh, we're praying for Sharon Baldino, who is uh, dealing with cancer. Martin Mata, who is uh, dealing with cancer in the form of lymphoma. And uh, Caitlin is asking for prayer for her grandmother, who is in the intensive care unit as well. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, that you are the God of healing, that you are the great physician. Lord, we thank you for that, uh, for that gift and for that truth. And Lord, we just pray that you would touch each and every one on our sick list today. Lord, that you would meet each one of their needs, and Lord, that you would just uh, provide them all the grace and the mercy they need right now to uh, endure the trials and the tribulation that they're going through with these uh, various illnesses and, uh, and conditions that they're fighting. Father, we thank you so much for answered prayer, and Lord, we just trust you that you would answer this according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, uh, moving on down the list, uh, we're going to be praying for Jude up in New York City as my brother-in-law. Uh, we're praying for his, his business as a contractor. We're also praying for, uh, uh, praying for him for travel mercies as he is overseas right now in Sri Lanka. Uh, we're praying for um, uh, Angel uh, in her pregnancy, we're praying for her husband Alex, that uh, that contract extension that he mentioned would be, uh, would be approved and and be able to continue working at the uh, location that he is. Uh, we're also praying for Isabella, for her walk with the Lord, Jessica, for her walk with the Lord. We're praying for the Purcell family, uh, for Traveling Mercies to San Antonio, for the, uh, uh, I think it's a stock show, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong on that. I may have written it down incorrectly, but the Lord knows what it is. Uh, we're also praying for... Uh, Alex Herrera for, uh, for his job situation, his financial situation and caring for his dad, and for his walk with the Lord as well, and uh, for his safety and protection and where he is. And so, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for answered prayer again. Lord, we thank you uh, for each one that has reached out to us on this prayer list. Father, we just pray for, we pray for each one of them. Lord, we pray that you would meet each one of their needs. Lord, we pray that, um, that you would do it for your honor and for your glory, and we will thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And then, of course, we have the unspoken prayers of our hearts. Lord, we pray for Eduardo Rodriguez for uh, his unspoken need, Mike Elizalde uh, for his need. We're praying for Manuel for his unspoken request. We're praying for myself. Uh, for an unspoken request uh, that I have. And uh, we are praying for uh, Larissa and for her prayer requests as well. So, Lord, we just lift up all of them up to you, uh, each and every one on the list. Lord, we pray that you would answer each prayer according to your perfect will for them, for our lives, for your honor, for your glory. And we will thank you and we praise you. And, Lord, we lift you up today. In Jesus' name, we ask, amen. Father, also we pray for uh, we pray for this uh, show tonight, Lord. We pray for these uh, technical problems that we are experiencing uh, even now as I speak. With the, uh, the the, I'm not sure if the audience is hearing it, Lord, but uh, there's a, a definite popping and clicking sound going on through the headset that I'm wearing. 
And Lord, uh, I am concerned that uh, we might lose audio. And if we do, Father God, just just direct each and every one of us back to where exactly we are. This way we can uh, resume the live broadcast upon reset. But Father God, we also pray that you wouldn't allow it to break down, that you wouldn't allow the devil to uh, interfere with the message that we have uh, today. And Father, we just commit it all to you, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, folks, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, please feel free to email it to us at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Or you can go to our website and look for that web form, and you can fill out that form as well on our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Okay, well, moving on down here. Let's see. So last week we mentioned our Missionary of the Month, the Zrake family in Pawpaw, New Guinea. So we want to continue to pray for them and for their needs. Uh, we don't have any uh, listener questions for today, but we do have a birthday to mention. And uh, we, want to, we want to say a very, very happy birthday to Maya. Maya, on behalf of the Sword of the Spirit podcast family and uh, the Sword of the Spirit podcast, we want to say happy birthday. God bless you. And we wish you very, very many, many more birthdays ahead. God bless you, Maya. Amen. Happy birthday, Maya, again. On behalf of the Sword of the Spirit podcast family and the Sword of the Spirit podcast, God bless you, and have a very, very happy birthday and many, many more to come. All right, folks, what we're going to do now is take our uh, second break of the uh, afternoon before we get into the uh, Sermon Sunday message we have for you. So uh, why don't you take this opportunity and go get your King James Bible, if you don't already have it, grab yourself a nice hot cup of coffee or get yourself a refill and or a bottle of water, and when we come back, we'll be getting into today's message, The Prodigal Returns. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers, and we'll be back right after this. Don't go away. To see the dawn of the darkest day, Christ on the road to Calvary, tried by sinful man, torn and beaten then, nailed to a cross of wood. This the Christ became 
took the blame for the wrath we stand forgiven at the cross oh to see the pain written on your face bearing the awesome weight of sin every bitter thought every evil deed crowning your blood-stained brow this the power of the cross Christ became sin for us took the blame for the wrath we stand forgiven at the cross now the daylight flees now the ground beneath quakes as its maker bows his head curtain torn into dead or raised to life finish the victory cry oh to see my name written in the wounds for through your suffering I am free The state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, 
and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen, and welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and uh, we're going to be reading a story that should be familiar to all of us. So why don't you grab your Bible, open it up to Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. This is, honestly, this is a passage of Scripture that every child of God should review regularly, and for obvious reasons. Uh, it's And, and it's, like I said, it's a story that's familiar to all of us. Luke chapter 15 and verse number 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. Now, this is Jesus teaching this parable. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto, and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no, wor no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found, and they began to be merry. Now, there have been many sermons preached from this text over the years. There are a lot of things, a lot of things you can draw from this very powerful story that Jesus told. This parable is traditionally called the prodigal son. Now, it's interesting to notice that the man in the parable isn't named. The situation isn't named in detail either. Over in Luke chapter 16, in the next chapter, it's a little bit more specific, you know, and we read about a certain rich man that fared sumptuously every day, and a beggar named Lazarus who laid at the gate of the rich man. And we get a little bit more detail, and Jesus goes on and illustrates a graphic biblical principle and truth in that story that he told in Luke chapter 16. But folks, in, Luke's chapter, in Luke 15, it's a parable. Names aren't used. And do you know why? Because it could apply to anybody. That's why. Luke chapter 15 takes place somewhere every day. 
It takes place all the time. In Luke 15, you have three lost things. You have a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. But by far, the most important thing, as far as the Christian is concerned, is the lost son. You know, there are so many things in this text that we could, we could possibly draw, uh, that we couldn't possibly draw all the inference we'd like. But what I'd like to address ourselves today is to enhance something that we briefly spoke about uh, at, a, at a men's fellowship that I had been to on a subject of how God uses problems in our lives. You know, if I find myself in a backslidden condition, if I find myself in the far country, what do I do next? Really, what do I do next? I mean, folks, you know, maybe you're there right now. Maybe you need to know immediately what to do next. But on the other hand, maybe you need to know someday, maybe tomorrow or the next month or the next year. Whatever it is, you need this information. Well, there are some things that come to mind, and as I began to study and examine this scripture, some things really started to become very clear. You know, what would you do? What should you do? What would God have you do if you were in this degenerated spiritual condition? Now, I suppose there's not a Christian alive that doesn't or hasn't come to this condition at some point, you know, maybe once, twice, maybe even three times. The, the, you know, the Apostle Paul actually became backslidden and out of the will of God. Peter became backslidden and out of the will of God. And I just suppose that you and I do it from time to time also. Well, what do you do? Well, the Bible says that he came to himself. Verse 17, and when he came to himself, he said. Now, that's the one thing that I don't know how to tell you to approach. You know, I, I wish that I could make some folks come to themselves. I really do. But I don't have any control over that. You know, there are times when you're talking to someone and you just like, you know, you just want to grab them by the collar. You want to pick them up out of the seat and you want to shake them a little bit and say, hey, you know, pay attention. There are some times that you wish so desperately for folks to come to themselves. But I can't control that. Sometimes I wish I could, but it's, Honestly, it's probably better that I can't. But you know, the Lord you know, doesn't even altogether control that. He could, but he's chosen not to. He's chosen to allow you to exercise your free will. There has to come a time where people come to their senses. Now, when someone comes and says, you know, I've got a problem and I need some spiritual help and guidance, man, to me, that's the first sigh of relief. You know, and I usually, I say, you know, praise the Lord and thank God. Because if you hadn't come to yourself, we wouldn't be here. At least that's the first, you know, great, that's the first giant step. There comes a time when you must come to yourself. I believe that there's absolutely no way in the world people will come to themselves or come to their senses unless they're put in a position where they allow God to speak to them and they'll be receptive to what God says. You know, it's very profitable to be in church. Now, I know there's, there's folks out there that say, well, I don't like to go to church. I don't think church is useful today. And that. But it's profitable to be in church. Do you know why? 
because it's a better and greater opportunity for God to get a hold of your heart and speak to you. You know, there are some folks that, that, that came to me to talk as a result of uh, something I had, we had spoken about at a, at a men's group that I was in. Now, I, I didn't think we would ever have that conversation and took the steps that we did after if they didn't come to the meeting. They put themselves in a position where God could at least speak to them. You know, but you don't have to be in church for God to speak to you. You really don't have to. Aren't you glad for that? You know, some people might be sad about that because if the only place that God ever spoke to you was in church, people would flat out stay away, <laughs> truthfully. You know, the problem is, the problem is, is that God is persistent. God will chase you all over the place. You know, you could be driving down the street in your car and all of a sudden God speaks to you. It ever happened to you? You know, all of a sudden you're talking to someone else and they're elaborating on a problem that a third party has, or, or you're talking about a scripture and, and God will use the words of an innocent party and bystander to penetrate your heart. And you'll look at them and you'll say, how did you know about my problem? God has all kinds of, you know, funny and unique ways of speaking to people, folks. You know, God will use a movie to speak to you. God could even use a newscast to speak to you. God can use a newspaper to speak to you. God can use a variety of things. And of course, you know, one of the greatest tools he has at his disposal is his word. It's his word. The problem is, is that it's hard to get a backslider in the word. They generally really don't want to do that. But now and then, you know, something will happen. So God speaks to people. But there comes a time when all of God's speaking, all of God's dealing, and all of God's convicting, you know, often it's still, it's still seemingly to no avail. You know, people often come to a crossroads in their lives where they have to make a decision of whether they're going to listen to God or not. The ones that do listen to God come to themselves. This young man, this young man came to himself. And I'm glad about that. I can't control that, and I can't even tell you how to go about that, except to keep listening to, and maybe somehow, in some way, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll rise up something within yourself that says, you know, I'm going to do what God wants. He came to himself. Well, what then? And that's what this message is going to be all about, a step-by-step procedure. Now, this might sound so fundamental and so elementary that it's ridiculous, but I've learned over time that you, you have to be fundamental and you have to be elementary. You know, the first thing you have to do, the very first thing that you have to do is get out of the pig pen. Get out of the pig pen. You're just not going anywhere. You're just not making any progress until you get out of the pig pen. He said, I've got to go. He had to get up and he had to leave. He had to walk out of the pig pen. I'm certain that the pigs thought he was crazy because they're just, you know, they're, you know pigs, they're just deliriously happy rolling around in their mud and slop. They saw this guy get up and leave and said, well, what's wrong with this guy? You know, the first thing you've got to do, folks, is get out of the pig pen. And let me be a little bit more graphic in case you missed that. Folks, the first thing you have to do is get out of the bars. They're nothing but a pig pen. 
That's all that is. You'll never make any spiritual advancement in that slop. You know what you have to do? You have to get out of the gossip circles. You have to get out of the pig pen. You're not going to make it as long. You're not going to make it as long as you're in the pig pen. You know, you may have all kinds of sorrowful feelings, you know, the remorse and the guilt, anxieties and depressions and all the rest of it, but it isn't going to help anything as long as you're there in the pig pen. Now, there are some things that you should know about pigs. Okay, now I don't consider myself any great authority on pigs, even though I've raised two kids. I don't, I don't consider myself an authority on pigs. I've never raised them. I don't know much about them, but I've seen and I've read a little bit. You know, I've, I've been on a farm where they raise pigs. You know, I figure that I know all that I really need to know about pigs. But the first thing I've observed about pigs is that their, their belly is their God. That's the first thing I've observed. So what does that mean? Well, it means that they only live for the moment. They make no real forethought for tomorrow. They make no real plans for the future. They just eat everything in sight. As much as you pour in the trough, they'll consume. You know, they won't stop and say, you know, maybe we should save a little bit for, for the, of this for tomorrow. No, that's just not the characteristic of a pig. A pig will consume everything in sight. Now, I want you to notice something here, okay? I want you to notice how deftly the Holy Spirit handles the wording of this one particular verse. Look with me back in verse 15. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Well, folks, that doesn't even make sense, right? That's strange. Or is it? Well, think about it. Here he is. He's been hired by this guy to feed his pigs. So he loads up whatever he has with corn husks and garbage, and he drives out there and says, man, I'm hungry. I'd like to eat something. And the Bible says no man would allow him to eat. Well, wait a minute. He's the guy that's controlling the situation. He's the one that's feeding the pigs. So what do you mean, no man? Now, the only way you can make this verse make sense is if you would presume for a moment that God switches back and forth and exchanges in definition a pig for a man and a man for a pig. Now, do you think that's possible? Do you see? He says, And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Well, what do you mean no man gave unto him? He couldn't eat what was there. No man would give unto him. He's controlling the situation. You know, he could hold back the garbage and he could eat it himself. Don't you see what's going on? How many occasions does the Bible call the unsaved man a pig and a dog? You know, just allowing the Bible to interpret itself. If you understand the second characteristic about pigs, and that is this, they totally disregard everyone else when the garbage comes. You know, pigs are not polite. Pigs don't, don't say, after you, please. 
Did you ever see a bunch of pigs eat? Man, it's every pig for himself. I mean, look out. Clear the deck. You know, I'm coming through. And, man, if you get in the way, (laughs) that's just too bad. They'll stomp each other. They'll kick each other. They'll run each other over, practically smother each other. Man, it's just too bad you're in the way. That's mine. Move over. That's a pig. So do you see what the Holy Spirit is doing here? He's interchanging man and pigs. No man would allow him to eat. The man's in the pig pen. Now remember, this is a parable. There's some deep spiritual truth here. The real pig pen that he's in, that the Holy Spirit is trying to show us, is a spiritual pig pen. Now, he may have been in a real, live, genuine pig pen, but the idea of the thing goes way far beyond that. You go down and live in the pig pen, the spiritual pig pen, and it's with men who are spiritual pigs. Well, the first thing you have to do is get out of the pig pen. Why? Not only is their belly their God, not only do they, do they disregard everyone else, but thirdly, you need to realize that pigs consume garbage. Now, I know a lot of folks that won't eat pork. Maybe they're right. I don't know. Did you ever really look at what pigs eat? And honestly, I don't know how far we really want to carry that. I mean, but pigs consume garbage, rotten banana peels. You know, the more rotten, the better. You know, orange rinds and grapefruit and coffee grounds, just anything that you throw down. I mean, you throw it in the garbage and let it sit for six days in 100-degree temperatures, and it is just right for them. They just love it. Can't wait to get a hold of it. Now, I'm not really trying to be gross here, but you need to get the picture. You can take garbage that's been sitting out in 100-degree heat for days and crawling with maggots and throw it down in the pig pen, and they'll eat it all up. Like, yum, yum. You know, every bit of it. You know what? The world consumes the citizens of the far country. The world consumes every little bit of garbage it can get its hands on. Pigs, pigs, pigs. Folks, you have to decide you're going to get out of the pig pen. You're not going to make any progress as long as you're rubbing shoulders and fellowshipping with the pigs in the pig pen. Now, I know you're supposed to, and you've heard me say this before, that you know we're supposed to love folks in the world. We're supposed to you know, try to win them to Jesus Christ, but you, you have to be careful about forming those types of friendships that can be detrimental and derogatory to your own spiritual well-being, well-being and, and, and basically put you in the pig pen. You have to get out of the pig pen. In breaking away from the pig pen, he had to do more than that. He had to break away from all the influences that led him there. He had to break away from the friend that introduced him to the citizen in the far country that gave him a job slopping the hogs. He had to break away from the citizen in the far country. He had to break away from all of those influences. Sometimes you have to take a real stand and a real break and say, that's it. I'm done. I'm breaking out. I'm heading down the road regardless of the consequences. I'm going to do it. Now, the second thing he had to do after he climbed out of the pig pen, now think of it, here he is, he's dripping with mud and slop and garbage and and all the rest of it. The next thing he had to do was get on the road and head in the right direction. Now, folks, you have a choice. Really, you have a choice. He gets out of the pig pen and he says, I can go this way, you know, back to the old influences that brought me here in the first place. Or I can go back this way. The young man says, I believe what I want to do 
is go to my father's house. That's what I want to do. Let me tell you something about people in Christianity that I think will help. Many times, Christianity is saturated by people with really good intentions. You know, Lord, I know I haven't done right. Oh, God, I know there needs to be a turnaround in my life. Oh, God, I know I need to change some things. But, you know, they just get overwhelmed and overcome with the long-range goal of the whole thing. It's just too awesome. You know, the thought that maybe Jesus won't come in the next 20 years, and for 20 years you're going to have to live for God. I mean, that's terrible, right? I don't know if I can do it. And folks, I'm not trying to make light of it. Please understand. I'm not at all. It, it, it's an awesome task, and it can be an awesome task. 20 years, I don't know if I can handle that. Well, the long-range goal was his father's house. But sometimes it's easy to lose sight of the long-range goal, particularly if the journey becomes difficult. So sometimes what you need to do is you need to, you need to set yourself short-term goals. And in some cases, extremely short-term goals. Now, here's the practicality of the message. Years ago, when I was much younger, I used to work for a bodybuilding supply distributor. Um, I was a lean, mean, 175 pounds. Now, if you've seen me lately, can you imagine that? <laughs> Man, I was a sight. 175 pounds, long, wavy hair. I played football, baseball, and hockey. I also used to weight train almost every day. I mean, I was in good shape. I really was. And working, for this, and working for this distributor really helped because I would be lugging around these heavy cases of sports drinks and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, sometimes the route that was laid out for us would have these health clubs that were located up or down like these huge long flights of stairs, especially when the places we went to in Manhattan. Man, I, when we would get to these sites, I used to cringe when I saw the route. You know, I knew these clubs would order up to 30 cases of drinks, man. It was torturous. But I would lug these cases up these long flights of stairs, uh, you know, with six cases stacked side by side and, and one across the top for good measure, you know, and, and on that hand cart. And, man, it would be like 90-plus degrees with humidity. The, and, you know, you're doing this, and then the air starts to feel thin. It was like, you know, I needed to suck three breaths just to get one breath's worth of air. And it seemed like you just couldn't get enough oxygen, you know. Your muscles and your thighs would scream and, and just, like, get on fire, and your knees would be like jelly. You know, there was some pain involved in the thing. There really was. After four or five stops like that, you know, it really started to become depressing. I was like, man, this thing is a long way up. I mean, I don't know if I'm ever going to make it. And that was after I had been up there like 10 times already. But do you know what I learned? I learned that I had to set short, intermediate goals. You know, take a few steps up, stop for a minute, catch my breath. It was a struggle. It was hard work. But I found that the further up I got, the shorter the distance was. Now, I know you think I'm crazy, but folks, it honestly worked. It worked. I learned that if I didn't set any goals, I never would have made it up the stairs. Now, there may be some things in your life, you know, some, some pet sins, some burdens and distresses that just, you know, they look like they're so overwhelmingly large. You know, they, 
they overshadow your life and you just can't see any light at the end of the tunnel. You can't see any possible victory over the thing. And, and do you know what the Lord is telling you to do? The Lord's telling you to take small steps, baby steps, set a goal. You say, well, I can't see 20 years down the road. Well, don't look 20 years down the road. Look a year down the road. That's what the apostles told. The, that's what the apostle Paul told the Corinthians. Are you advanced from where you were a year ago? Where do you want to be a year from now? If we're still here, what do you want to accomplish? Let's set some goals for this year. In your spiritual life, you know, determine that you're going to attain some spiritual victories. Now you say, well, that's just too much for me. I can't think a year down the road. Okay, that's fine. How about a month? For the next 30 days, by God's grace, I'm going to get a victory over this thing, and I'm going to set some goals, and I'm going to do it every day for the next 30 days. Well, preacher, I don't know. You just don't know my problem. Okay, how about the next week? How about the next day? You say, I don't know. I don't know if I can start right here, right this minute, and say I'm not going to smoke for the next year. I couldn't even say it for a week or a day. Okay, well, how about, Lord, for the next hour? For the next 60 minutes, I'm going to ask you, Lord, to help me not touch one of those things. And then when you get to the end of that hour, you say, Lord, can you help me through another hour? And when you get through that hour, ask the Lord to help you through another hour. You know, you might be surprised. He might help you through the whole day. And then, you know, maybe the next day you can go three hours, then six hours, then nine, 12, then 24. Folks, sometimes you have to set some awful short-term goals. But goal setting is very important. It's very important. Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and uh, we are talking about the prodigal son from Luke chapter 15. We're going to take our third and last break of the night here, and when we get back, uh, we're going to get into a little bit of a story, and uh, we'll continue on with our lesson. But don't forget, before we go to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be right back, folks. Don't go away. Alone in the darkness you're wandering Is Jesus still listening to me? Is he truly aware of my suffering? And is this the way it always will be? My friend, I know the answer to your question. But don't trust my opinion alone. You should ask a host of others, sisters and brothers, who have been there and their stories live on. Just ask the woman at the well, the thief on the cross, the lame man who's walking, the dumb tell it all, ask the beggars and lepers, 
Wanting to walk one more mile, my mind filled with unanswered questions, hiding tears behind every smile. But then I drew strength from those pilgrims, the ones. Who were the first to believe When their faith reached out to touch him His arms reached back to help them And he's able to do the same for you and me Just as the woman at the well The thief on the cross The lame man who's walking Dumb tell it all as the beggars and lepers who've been touched by his hand can he handle an impossible task. They'll know the answers just as, just as the woman at the well, the thief on founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening!
Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello. Uh, hey, folks, if you are logged into Spreaker and if you haven't jumped into the chat group yet, why don't you head on over there and say hello? I've uh, got a couple of pes- messages up there right now. And uh, let's say hey to Jason. Welcome aboard. It's good to see you again, brother. And uh, we are studying Luke chapter 15. We are talking about the prodigal son and the prodigal's return. And uh, before we went to the break, we were talking about goal setting, you know, setting small, intermediate goals uh, to get you from one step to the next. Goal setting is really very, very important. And um, I want to tell you a story, though. I can't think of a whole lot of of, um, spiritual implications to it, except it's just that you have to set goals. Uh, I went ice fishing once in my entire life, um, and I swore... I would never do it again. It was on a lake. It was uh, my friend Kennedy and I went out into this frozen lake at right like six o'clock on a cold December morning. And when I say cold, man, you have no idea how cold it was. I am not a big fan of the cold. I never was. I hate being cold. There is no pleasure in it. Your hands ache. Your feet ache. Your face hurts. You know, your your all the moisture in your nose freezes. It's it's not fun. And it wasn't fun. Well, we got on the ice like around 6 o'clock that morning, and it was pitch 
dark. And uh, we got out there, <clears throat> freezing cold. I made up my mind that I wasn't going to sit there. And I made up my mind that I wasn't going to sit there long. I basically said I'm only going to sit there until 8.30. So what did I do? I set a goal. I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to wait. Now, maybe you can function otherwise. I, I need to mentally condition myself, or I won't follow through. I've got to set a goal. If I don't, then I'll drop out. So I sat there. It was cold. <laughs> it was cold. It was one of those clear, cold mornings where the sun was coming up, and you said, oh, boy, it's going to finally warm up a little bit. No, no, it just got colder, and the wind started to blow. And, um, I mean, I couldn't put any more clothes on. I, I, I mean, I could barely move as it was. And then I looked over at my friends sitting there and I thought, you know, no jury would ever convict me. <laughs> Did you ever get those thoughts? Yeah. Well, here I am I'm sitting there, I'm shaking, I'm shivering, and I'm absolutely miserable. Well, eight o'clock came and I thought, man, this is just stupid. Get off this ice, walk around, warm up, get some circulation going. And then what did I do? I talked myself out of it. I said, ah, I'm not going to do that. I made up my mind that I was going to sit there till 8.30, and that was it. If they have to chip me out of a block of ice, they'll have to do it. You know? But I am, gonna, I am determined to stay here until 8.30. That was my goal. Now, you know, generally when that happens, you, know, you see nothing happen, and the only satisfaction that you get out of the whole thing is that you did what you determined to do. You did what you set your goal for. So I stayed there until 8.30. At about 8.10, I felt a pull on my line. It was really gentle. I wasn't, it was so gentle, I wasn't sure if it was the current or if it was actual nibble. So I started to pray. Lord, keep them coming. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Now, look, I know this is a dumb illustration, but I, I think you're getting, you're getting the point. You know, keep them coming. And then, bam. It hit. It hit. I got him, man. I got so excited I got him. You know what? And all of a sudden I wasn't cold anymore, right? I forgot about my frozen toes and my tickling my, my tingling fingers and my frozen nose. Man, I reeled and reeled and reeled and I pulled that line out of the water and I saw that big, beautiful five pound piece of ice that I caught. But I wasn't cold anymore. You know, sometimes I know, dumb, I know. But sometimes you just have to set some goals and you have to say, you know, I'm just going to do it. Long range can overwhelm you sometimes. Um, but do you know what I believe that that young man did? I believe that he got out on that road, he got out of the pig pen and onto the road, and he's heading back in the right direction. Now, did you notice that this young man didn't have any shoes on? Look in verse 22. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Man, you want to talk about poverty stricken? He's down to nothing. Can you imagine what it was like to walk down those dirt roads? You know what I think he had to do? I think he had to set some short-term goals. You know, it, it probably wasn't too long before his feet were sore and hurting and blistered. After a while, they were bruised, and they were cut, and then they were bleeding. It had to come to the point where that young man said, if I could just get to that sycamore tree, I'll stop and rest there for a while. 
if I could just make it to that protruding rock, I'll stop there for a while. If I could just make it to that well, I'll just stop there, refresh myself. If I could just make it to the next plateau, if I could just make it to the next power pole, if I could just make it just a little further, sometimes that's just what you have to do. And I think that's what kept him on the road. You know something else that kept him on the road? Memories of the past. You know, he thought about past fellowship with his father and the folks in his father's house. They were sweet memories. They were good memories. You know, he remembered some of the good times that they had and some of the holidays that were spent together and and the times of fellowship over the meal, sitting around the fire late in the evening. He remembered going, he, he remembered the family going to church together. He remembered some of those family picnics. He remembered sitting around uh, the evening meal and bowing their heads, giving thanks to God for his goodness that was displayed. He remembered those things. All of a sudden, those things look pretty good. When you're down in the pig pen, you have to start thinking about some of the good memories. Now, folks, the devil's going to try everything in the world to steal those from you, but you need to think about those things. You need to think about some of the great times that you've had. You and your father. You and the Lord. You need to think about the times that God spoke to your heart in a message, in in a Bible study, or on a podcast, on a radio. You need to start thinking about the times you've had together with the Lord in prayer and in the Word. You need to remember those times of fellowship. Then he probably thought about some of the past fellowship with the pigs. You know, the further away you get from the pigs, if you think about it, the less appealing they are. There's just not really anything appealing about pigs. He probably thought about how they had taken advantage of them and how they had stolen everything he had and squandered everything that he had. How they virtually left him penniless and in poverty and taken every, every possible thing that he had to offer and then just left him like a chunk of meat and a junk heap of humanity. Folks, that's what the world will do to you. The world will rake you over the coals. It'll take you for everything that you've got and then leave you on the junk heap. Then they'll go laughing merrily down the road, not turning their head one time, not one time to see what happened to you. That's what the world will do to you. Then I suppose he also had a vision for the future. He thought, you know, if I, could just get, if I could just get to my father's house, he said, you know, I'm not worthy to be a son. If I could just be treated like a servant, I'd be a million times better off than where I'd been. You've got to get out of the pig pen. You've got to get out onto the road, and you have to stay on the road. And it may involve making some short-term goals. Then as he was on the road, you know, he encountered some problems. Not only uh, his, um, his bleeding and hurting and bruised feet, but I'm sure that he encountered other problems too. Like nobody wanted him. The pigs didn't want him. You know, when you leave the pigs, you know, the pigs looked at him and said, he's leaving us. We don't want anything to do with him. 
And besides that, the general attitude of the pigs is that, you know, they really couldn't care less about anybody else. They are totally, carnally, selfishly motivated. And folks, that's the motivation of the world. Selfish motivation. The pigs couldn't care less. He's walking down the road and he smells like a pig. He looks like a pig. He acts like a pig. He's in a desperate, totally desperate condition. He's strolling down the road and the pigs don't want him because he's leaving. Who else is interested in him? And then as he approaches his hometown, you know, he's on one side of the tracks and he gets out of the pig pen and he slowly starts to cross the tracks and he gets over to the nicer part of town. You know, people are out. They're dressed up. They're clean. And after a little shave, some deodorant, perfume, and here comes this guy walking down the street. And here he is, just a pig. They don't want to have anything to do with him. They stick their noses up. You know, then he gets home. He gets home, and his elder brother doesn't even want anything to do with him. Folks, here's what I'm trying to tell you. When you decide to get out of the pig pen and get on the road and do right, there may be a stretch of time in your life where nobody will want to have anything to do with you. Not the pigs, because you left them. And not the brethren, because they're, they're not sure about you. There just may be nobody that would want to have anything to do with you. But there's one that will have something to do with you. The Father will have something to do with you. I want you to notice the unfinished speech. The unfinished speech, and then with that we'll close. Look at verse 18. I will arise and go to my father and I will say unto him, okay? So now here he is, he's planning out a speech. Can, can you identify with that? Did you ever in your younger years offend your father and you just figured you were going to be in trouble and you were expecting this confrontation with your dad so you planned out your speech? Did you ever do that? You know, what am I going to say? Well, he begins to think about what he would say and he decides he's just going to come clean. He's going to lay his cards on the table and, and, and say, here's my speech. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. That's his speech. That's what he planned to say. And he arose and came to his father. Now he shows up. And verse 21, And the son said unto unto him, Father, all right, now here he goes. He's going to make his speech. Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. That's good. It's exactly what he said he was going to do. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Period. But the father said to his servants, hey, wait a minute. Wait a second. There's part of the speech he never made. Make me as one of thy hired servants. You know, he never made that part of the speech. Do you know why? Because the father stopped him. The father said, no, you're coming back the same way you left. You left as a son. You're coming back as a son. I'm not going to make you a hired servant. You're my son. Bring forth the best robe. 
and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Now, folks, I don't know how you smell right now. Maybe you just stink to high heaven. But I know that there's one who will say, come on back and I'll receive you the same way you left. I love you. I care for you. But you see, to be received, the young man had to get out of the pig pen. He had to walk down the road, set some short-term or long-term goals for himself to get down the road. He had to be rejected by many, and there were some prices that he had to pay. But at the end of the road, the father was there with a ring and a robe and the fatted calf and said, come on in. We're going to have a great feast. Folks, this afternoon, the father is waiting for some folks listening right now. The father is waiting with open arms and he's saying, come on in. We're going to kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a good time. You need to renew your fellowship with the Lord and get reacquainted with the Father. All the pigs are going to do is rob you, rape you, steal from you, and take advantage of you. Get out of the pig pen. Get on the road. Go back home. Now, folks, this message is about a son. If you're not a son of God, it's because you're not saved. Your sins are not forgiven. And what you need to do is ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior, that you might become a son of God. Now today, the emphasis of this message was honestly primarily to the saved. There are a lot of pig pens. There are a lot of pig pens that exist only in people's minds. There's a lot of trash and a lot of garbage that float around in people's minds. We need, to, we need to depart from it and forsake and move down the road. Now, folks, you may have to set some short-term and long-term goals for yourself. You may have to ask the Lord for help every step of the way. Maybe God will just have to help you get through to tomorrow and the next day and the next, and he will. Now, how many of you listening would say to yourselves right now, hey, preacher, you know what? There's a pig pen I need you to forsake. There's one that I need to turn back on. I need to flee from it. I need to run from it. I need to get down the highway quick. With God's help, I'm going to do that very thing right here today. If that's you, and I pray that it is, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I need to get out of the pig pen and get down the road, and I'm going to do it right away. Heavenly Father, I am glad and I am grateful for the story that you've preserved for us here in Luke chapter 15. Lord, I'm reminded of the fact that there's always, always hope, even for the backslidden Christian. I believe that King Saul came to the same crossroad in his life, but he made the wrong choice, and he chose the wrong road. Lord, he could have climbed out of the pig pen, but he didn't. Destruction, 
chaos and harm were the result. And they hung his body on a wall of a heathen city to be despised and mocked and ridiculed. And the enemies of God laughed at God himself that day. But Lord, the forces of Satan had no joy and no victory the day that the prodigal came home. Because they were defeated the day the prodigal fell into the arms of his father. The day he came across that last knoll and down into that valley Lord, what a day that must have been. Lord, I believe that we as God's people know what you would have us to do, so please, Lord, help us to do it. And I'll thank you for it, and I'll praise you for it. In the blessed name of the Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Folks, I hope that you prayed that prayer along with me. Lord, I hope that... Uh, folks, I hope that, uh, that uh, if you are, are finding yourself in a pig pen yourself, that you would have paid attention to today's message. And I'll continue to pray for you. I'll continue to, 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 to ask the Lord to, to give you exactly what it is that you need to get out of the pig pen, to get on the road, to make those small long-term or short-term goals that you need to make to get down the road and that you would come to your father's house. Folks, I want to thank you so much for taking your time today to uh, listen in to the Sword of the Spirit podcast and this message on the prodigal's return. Folks, I really hope that you found it a blessing, as much as a blessing as it was for me to teach it and to preach it to you today. And uh, folks, uh, as uh, we close out here, I'm going to ask you, if you would, just head over to the Sword of the Spirit podcast.com. Let us know if you've made any decisions whatsoever by sending us a message through the contact form or email me at info at Sword of the Spirit podcast.com. Look for the support this podcast button. And if you can, help us out with a monthly contribution. Lord willing, I'll see you on Thursday. And until then, God bless you. And take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.